Hi everyone and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi Events. If you don't know who Najahi are, guess what? They're bringing Tony Robbins here to Dubai fairly soon and some other major hitters. So look out for Najahi Events uh, and make sure you get your tickets for Tony Robbins when he's coming. On season two of the podcast, episode number one, we go back to the beginning of episode number one on season number one and we have the awesome Dr. Sarah Almadini with us on the show. First of all, Sarah, thank you for coming. It's my pleasure. It's lovely having you on the show. It's always fun with you. And when you interview people that are your friends, it's always so much easier to learn about their story and for them to open up and be really honest. Some key takeaways today were was Sarah really being kind of like really open about the fact that she'd made some mistakes, made some decisions and was really self-aware that she was prepared to go back, okay, readdress some of those issues, kind of like get her focus back and then move forward again. So please make sure you listen to what she's got to say because some of these pointers are really phenomenally um, inspiring and telling also for us as well. So I think we need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But without further ado, let's cue the music, let's get stuck into it and enjoy season number two, episode number one with my mate, Sarah Almadini. My dear friend, thank you so much for coming on the show again. It's my pleasure. <laughs> nice to see you. So you and I met. The return. Yeah, yeah. a couple of years back now. Two years. And I count, Spencer. Two years, four days, <laughs> three minutes. No, I'm really? just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember meeting me the first time? Of course. I didn't like you, remember? We both didn't like you. I either. liked you a lot. I, I can't believe you'd say such a no, thing. No, you didn't like me the first time we met. <laughs> We both ha had the wrong impression about each other. Well, what was, what was back then, that was, that was a couple of years ago, where, where were you on your journey a couple of years ago to want to be, or even be interested in, in spending time talking to me, someone you didn't know? Do you remember? I don't understand your question, but I think you mean, what, what do I like? No, 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 when, when, because someone must have called you and said, oh, yes. this guy wants to interview you. So what happened is your secretary yeah. or like assistant called and she was like, this guy wants to have an interview with you. I'm like, let me just, he might be a stalker. Let me just go, you know, Google it. So I Googled you and I'm like, hmm, he looks like a show off. Oh, he's English. Hmm, no, he must be grumpy. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So I remember driving to your place. I wasn't that excited because I had a, a, like an idea about you because you look too serious in the pictures that I saw online. Yeah, you, you were like, now you're like, eh, but before you're like, mm, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, that's gonna be boring. I remember uh, parking on your driveway. I'm like ringing the bell. I'm like, why are we doing it in his house? And, and why is his house so big? Oh my God, he must be like a show off, a snobbish guy. So many things went in my mind. But I remember the minute I saw you, I just fell in love with you. Amazing guy. I yep. like that. Yep. So back then, were you doing, if anybody said, can I interview you? Were you at uh, that stage in, in your career, in your evolution? Were you happy to talk to anyone and share your story? Was, was publicity um, important to you? Was getting your story out there important to you? Of or, course. Yeah? I mean, whoever knows me knows that part of my personality is I love talking and I love people. So I love meeting and I love talking and I love sharing my story because I feel like I went on, on a very hard, long, fun, cool journey. So I wanted to put the word out there in case anybody would get inspired by it. And now, a couple of years since we first met, you've, you've gone on, your audience has grown dramatically over the last couple of years. You seem to be a, a role model for inspiring, not just women, but I think all people uh, here in the UAE and across the Middle East. 
that is that is that something that you you're, you're proud of you're frightened of something that you lean into or you think it happened by accident what, what tell me about it i i it wasn't intended because i was just on on these platforms on social media just to give to put my story out there to share you know because i'm i love people and i'm very social so and then people made me who i am they are the ones that started liking following supporting so it didn't happen intentionally. I think it happened by accident. When I once posted um, a talk that I was having with someone, and after the talk finished and I posted it, I'm like, oh my God, I sound wise. You know, that's good. And then everyone's like, oh my God, talk more. We love it. And then it went from being people following me because I'm an entrepreneur to people following me because they love the message I have and they love the way I talk. And, and it just took a complete different direction. And when you, when you look at that now, do, do you think there's a segment of the market that leans into you more so? You know, is it, is it that, that, that young, just getting started entrepreneurial type? Is it, do you find it's young or, or older women? What is it you find from, from the audience that you have and the engagement that you have that tend to be the... Definitely in the beginning, because my first business is fashion. So I was in that fashion and beauty scene. So my following was more younger. Um, people who wanted to see these things, learn about these things, because I used to educate them about these things as well. But I guess when I switched all of that and I went the different route, I had the more mature audience, people like the, the people who wanted information, wanted to hear about more about life, not just about fashion and beauty and all that. So I, the, my demographics completely changed, age-wise, uh, mentality-wise, type-wise, everything completely changed. And to be honest, I'm not, I love beauty and fashion, but I'm not interested that much in providing for that audience anymore. Do you think you know what you really want to be doing now after years of being in business? Have you kind of got to a place where you really found your niche, where you want to be, or do you think you're still searching? No, I'm not searching. I found it. It took me three years to, to, to be the clear version of Sarah and to know what I want to do and who I am and you know that you know it's funny Spencer a lot of people speak about ethics and morals but if I tell you five ethics your top priority right now say it to me you will take three minutes to think of them because we were brought up knowing ethics exist but not how to prioritize or organize or select what are my ethics because the minute you're clear and you know what they are from one to five let's say most important Every day in your life, whatever you do, everything you say, every decision you make, you would remember these five points because they're clear to you. Mm -hmm. But if I know I just have to have ethics, I would know, oh, I shouldn't be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. That's it, because mm -hmm. it's generalized. Mm -hmm. But when you're more specifically like into it and you know what are your ethics, for example, let's say um, lying, uh, the truth, honesty, blah, blah. So every choice I make, I'll, I'll ask myself, was I being honest? Was this necessary? Was I, support, was I kind? Was, so it makes you question yourself every single day in every single decision you make. And everything you say, actually. When you look at what you do and then you look at the, this kind of, I, I'm, I'm really agitated by the word entrepreneur nowadays. Mm, tell me it, about it. It, it, <laughs> it became a, a kind of like a cool thing for, for a lot of people. And I've always kind of banged on about it being you know, not startup, but it being a, a one-man band is what an entrepreneur is—a guy yeah. that's starting up in business and uh, trying to get somewhere with it. And most people fail. Yeah. And, and most people fail, but don't actually hold themselves responsible. I was talking to somebody the other day that's business failed. I said, "What do you think went wrong?" And they went Brexit. 
Why Brexit? They're blaming other. Well, other the value of the pound went. Okay, and when the value of the pound was really impacted, it impacted across our business, and so Brexit caused it. And, and to me, it's like, no, 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 you not having the foresight to think that Brexit might be a problem beforehand are the person that caused the problem. You can't be a victim to everything that happens in mm. business when you fail. Yeah. The reality is that nine times out of ten, it's your fault. You've made bad decisions and you have to live with those bad decisions. Yeah. Have you ever failed or have you failed catastrophically in any of your businesses? I, I think we spoke about this before where I had the bad partnership. Yeah. But, um, I've, every time people ask me about that story, I don't blame the person that stole my money and took everything. I don't say, oh, she or he was bad, or I yeah. always say it was my fault. I didn't have the proper contract. So it is, it, you're right about that point. It is important to know that if you play the blame game, you get nowhere, you learn nothing. But if you sit down and say, okay, it takes two to clap, where did I go wrong? And then this is where you start actually solving the problem and learning. So I, I always blame myself. I don't blame others because it was my, I, I, I was part of that decision. I was part of that happening, that event. So I did have a downfall in one of my businesses, but um, I think the time I met you, I owned six to eight companies by that time. Right now, I own two. I, so course, what happened to the other ones? I, I shut them down. Okay, why? Completely. Why? I was not interested. I was not happy, and um, hold on, hold on, hold on. You say you're not interested. I need to. I need to kind of dig here. You lost interest in in the in the, in the industry it was in the sector it was in, or, or you weren't passionate about the people within that business. What was it exactly? Okay, let me take you through the journey so you would understand why I shut them. If I tell you the reasons, you won't get it. Okay. So for the past three years, I like I became an introvert for a while because I wanted to know who I am, what my ethics are, why am I here, what's my purpose? Like I, I, I wanted to know the, the answers to all these questions. And as a human being, all of us were curious. We always ask ourselves these questions. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take some time off from people, from everything, and I just wanna figure out who I am, what I am, and why am I here, my purpose. And once I went on this self-discovery journey, I found out who I am. And I found out that what I'm doing is not something I love. It doesn't even make me happy because I understood what makes me happy. And um, I realized that I was spreading myself. You know, like, like I always say, like, like sun rays. I was like the sun. My, my light was everywhere. While I know and I've learned and I've understood that to make changes and to make things happen, you need to be focused. And I always say this is how you create diamonds. It's laser. What's laser? It's just focused light. And I decided to cut down my rays and just focus. Because, I mean, it's cool to be an entrepreneur who owns like this and that and this. And it sounds cool for the people on the outside. And, you know, it's always ego driven. But I realized that um, ego should be walking behind you, not in front of you. Because the decisions you take because of your ego will just, will just screw your life, you know? Because you're satisfying the other, you're not satisfying yourself. And I realized, okay, they make money. Some of them make decent money, some of them make a lot of money, but I don't love it and I don't enjoy it. And every time I go to the office, I feel like I'm forcing myself to be there. And I feel like I could take that energy and put it somewhere else and do something way better, but I can't because I'm there. So to, I need to cut down so I can be available for other things. And I decided to just shut down all of them, all at once. <laughs> Did you really do it yeah. all at once? In a span of like six months, 
for all the documents and to like let go of the team for them to find out because as a leader I, I didn't want to just say hey you know I don't want this why bye everybody you know bye but I told them look I'll, let's work for three months find other jobs I recommend you to other people and all that and and I did that and it took me six months to so just shut down completely the awesome Mac team is with us so I'm sorry my son is loud He's like, can I see? Can I can I be with you for one second? There you go. You can see here. My name is Maxim. And Ooh. this is. And this is my show. And this is my show. <laughs> <laughs> Maxim, say action. Action. Okay, good. <clears throat> so welcome back to part two. We had a bit of a break then because it's not a podcast between myself and Sarah. It's myself, Sarah, and her awesome son Maxim. So he's out of the camera somewhere, but we'll see him a little <laughs> bit later on. All right, let's just go back into this because this is for me something that's, I think it's not discussed a lot. I think it's not, uh, it's not something as a subject that we go into because a lot of this whole entrepreneurial conversation is around positivity and go get and kind of like be ambitious and look forward and stuff like that. Um, people talk about failure, but they don't talk about structured and strategized, you know, um, I don't call it failure because that's not the right word, but um, almost acknowledging where you are. And yeah. you, you mentioned just previously ego and uh, ego gets in the way of us making really decent decisions. Yeah. Do you think understanding that comes from a level of maturity as a human being or do you think that comes from somewhere else? It, it, <coughs> comes, it comes from a level, level of maturity. It comes when you are in peace with yourself, when you understand yourself, when you realize that the choices you make in your life affects you only. And um, as I said, everything is ego driven. I don't want, I want to do this so people can like me. I want to do that because I want people to say that about me. I want to look like a certain way. Everything is ego driven. So to me, that is not success because what I'm doing is not for, for my personal growth. It's not to do anything or be somewhere. It's just to gain a status in society. That's it, which to me is not success. Success is not a status or a rank you get in society. It's not a, um, certificates on a wall. It's not money in the bank. It's way more than that. Success is way deeper than that. And the reason people don't speak about it is because it's not cool. It's not trending. You've said to me before, <clears throat> and I find this hard to not to believe when I talk to you, but I find this hard for the public to believe when they see you. It, when you talk to me, you don't, you know, you close those businesses down. You don't care what other people think about you. And, you know, you only care about your own happiness. But that that image that's out there of you, I think is different to that reality. Yeah. Is that, is that a fair observation? <coughs> I, I don't think it's a fair observation, but you can't, you, <coughs> I mean, you can't tailor make yourself in the media <coughs> because everyone has his own perception idea. Like a lot of people think that I am a very snobbish person who's a show off, who's a, like. You. Exactly, you see the answer? <laughs> I was like, me? But um, it's, you cannot change what people Pain think. Pain in the ass, but you're yeah. not. You're not <laughs> I sometimes, I can be sometimes, yeah, most of the times. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess like people see you they, the way they want to see you, but what you can do is, for example, if people tell me, what do you want to achieve with people? My answer is, I never want to be forgotten. And if I never want to be forgotten and to leave a good positive impact, I will show myself in a positive way. If I wanted to be the rebel, the, for example, let's say uh, the naughty girl, the bad girl, I can do that. You, you can be whoever you want to be in public, but you can't tailor make it to look like, oh, she's the girl that 
was strong and then she went through a downfall. And people can't have the whole story. There's one image. And the image they have is the successful, hardworking woman that empowers people. And I like that. And I don't want to change that. When you, when you close a business down, you've gone through making a decision yourself about what you want to do. You have people that you employ. Yeah. Being that kind of very kind person I know you to be, you must deal with a huge internal dilemma of having to make yourself happy but not wanting to upset the team of people that you've employed that, that rely on you and count on you yeah. and, 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 and admire you. No, so is that, is that really tough, you know, having those conversations where, look, I'm going to help you find a new job, but this, this, isn't, this is not what we're doing moving forward? No, it is tough, but when you are a leader, not just a manager at your businesses, what happens is that you build this bridge of honesty between you and your employees, uh, vulnerability, and basically, like, when I go to the office and I sit with my employees, I ask them, like, guys, I don't know how to do this. Like, they know I have, I have weaknesses, and they know my weaknesses, and I don't mind, because I hire smarter people so I can learn from them. Mm -hmm. So I sit with them and I ask them questions. How to do this? Teach me that. Let's do that together. And I always tell them, guys, I don't feel like this is going well. Like, uh, I think, like, I don't want to... To me, it was hard, but when I went to the office that day, when I took the decision, I went to the office and I, the, from the look on my face, they knew something was wrong. And I sat down and I told them, guys, listen, I'm not happy. And if any of you in this office wasn't happy, I will immediately let you go and support you in every single way. So I was like, support me on this transition in my journey. And I'll make it easy. It's not like I'm telling you your visas are canceled out of my office right now. No, I'm not that selfish kind of person. I told them, you have three months. Figure yourself out. I recommend you. I even like my best, best people that I had to headhunt for years and find in like four years, my dream team, I gave them away to other people so they can improve their businesses. So when you are selfless and your employees know that, they'll support any decision you make and they'll understand. Because they know you are their support system as well. They wanna give it back to you one day. Tell me about the two businesses that you've kept running if you've closed other ones down. What are the ones that are? So I've kept my company in LA, my tech company, and I kept my creative agency in Dubai, which is like the branding and all that. I, I, want, I have a third thing that I do, which is public speaking, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a business, but it is somehow because you make money out of it, obviously. But uh, I do that as well, and um, that is my favorite thing ever. Public speaking? Oh, hell yeah. You go on that stage, you, s you know, I always say when I'm on a stage, you have to drag me out of stage. Like they tell me you have five minutes, I take ten. Is there some people that are born to be like that? Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's the place I'm the happiest. It is right. Yeah. I, this is why I always feel mean to you. You are like the male version of me. I'm the female version of you. No. Trust me. It's that. It's and we both don't have facial hair, so that's good. <laughs> you do in some of your videos. Yes, it's a filter. <laughs> I've seen some of those. Even yesterday, I saw some with you with a beard. Very interesting. <laughs> no, but I. I does, know, is that, what like, I mean, where right? does that come from? Then this is a really interesting point. If we share that same um, desire, where does it come from? Is it is, is it performing? I think. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. It is, it is performing, yeah. but my dad always told me when I was a kid, I was always like stand in the middle of the, the room and start speaking and okay. wanted and demanded attention and all that. So he said it was within your personality to start with from the get-go. But um, the energy that when you're on stage talking to people, like there are people who do it and they talk crap on stage and they sell, it sells and people love them, but they talk crap on stage, you know? 
I don't want to talk crap on stage. I don't want the attention. I can do so many other things to get that attention. I can start acting. I studied acting. I can st start acting. I can do ads. I can do modeling. I can do so many things. I don't want that attention. I want to stand on a stage and after I leave, for people to come and tell me, wow, you've changed my life. Because that feeds my, my soul. It just makes me feel alive. So when you look at other people that, that do that, that you really admire, who is it that you when, you, when you look at people from stage, you do go, do you know what? That person really nails that. Is it Tony Robbins, for example? You, you know what's funny? I don't listen to a lot of people ah. talk on stage. I've, I've listened to Grant Cardone. I've listened to Tony Robbins. I've listened to Gary Vee. And each one adds something. Like, you know, you know when you listen to a song, you would, you would understand it differently than me because mm -hmm. of the things you go through in your life. Mm -hmm. I think that public speaking is the same thing. You sit there and you fill in the gaps you have in your life. So I take some from each and I love what they do and I respect them tremendously. Because, um, because I remember I sat with Gary Vee and he told me something. He said, I can change the world and I believe it and I sleep on it and I know it and I, it's in my bones. I can change the world. And that really moved me, you know? And um, to, because self-love nowadays is misunderstood and uh, like down, like looked down upon, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because when you love yourself, people think you're a show off, mm -hmm. but it's completely not. And then I realized that, damn, I, I, I should say that to myself more often. I should say that to people because I do believe I want to change the world. I want to do that in a better way. So why not say it? Do you? So, yeah. Yeah? 100%. I used to think it internally, but now I can say it out loud. Okay, so you yeah. have it. Yes. Yeah. How do you want to change the world? Because the world, Earth, the world is is not a living thing. It's some. It's it's an it. It's something. We are the living things. We are the ones that make the changes. We are the ones that you know can affect things. So if you can change people one by one, and that person changes other people, and it's infectious. It's like it's like a virus. It spreads. Kindness is like a virus. So when you change people, you change the world. So and even if it's one person, it's yeah. enough for me. I had a message that came through to me on my phone the day before yesterday saying, what you do really inspires me and I just want to say thank you. And when I get a message like that. It just makes you the happiest. I'm on fire. Yeah. My, 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 my whole body grows. And I just, it, it, it's like, wow, there's validation. Yeah. There's somebody 100%. that's gone. And, and it's funny how it only needs to be one person. And I know there's lots of people out there with much bigger audiences. I mean, Tony Robbins, I'm sure he gets a lot of that kind of stuff. But for me, when one person does it, it's such validation. Because one person is a success story. That's it. You're done. I'm successful. If I did it to, if I change one person's life, yeah. their whole life is changed. I'm successful. So, yeah, I mean, I understand what, what you're saying. But you know what's funny? A lot of people think that if anybody gets a message like that, they'll be happy. No. I know a lot of social media influencers, they get messages from people that say, you inspire me, and they, you know how on Instagram, you choose to delete or accept and read the message and reply? Mm -hmm. They press delete. Because it makes their ego feel good, but it doesn't make them feel good. Because it doesn't feed them. Like they feel good, oh my God, I'm loved, full stop. But it doesn't make them feel like they're changing the world. They, so it's not for everybody, Spencer. And not everybody enjoys it. If public speaking is something that, that you're really passionate about, and you, you actually said you make money but it's not a business, if, if you made a business out of being a public speaker and that's what you did full-time four or five days a week. Oh my God, I would be on cloud number nine. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Big time. And I've, I've even said that to my husband a while ago. I'm like, you know, honey, I just want to stop everything and just do public speaking. And you know, I've been working on my book for a while yeah. that I can't finish because yeah, yeah. I'm dyslexic, so it's hard, guys. But um, so I'm, I'm almost towards the end, but I know that book will be the beginning of that journey. It's a validation. It's, it, it takes you somewhere, you know? So I think after that, it will all kick, kick, like it will kick start and everything is going to start. And I don't mind doing no business at all and just doing that business because my business is the people business. I love people. You love people so much. You found someone to marry recently. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Such a sweetheart. It was awesome being at your yeah. wedding. Thank you for inviting me. You had fun? Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. Did you tell them how everyone thought you worked at the hotel? <laughs> no, I no. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he was wearing, so the, the theme of the, the wedding was um, Indian, Bollywood. Bollywood, Pakistani theme. So my, I, everyone is supposed to and must and doesn't have a choice but to come wearing Bollywood style. So Spencer walks in and he's like, everyone thinks I work in the hotel. And I look at his clothes and he has like a lion embroidery yeah. on his thing. I'm like, dude, you look like you work at the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> he had the logo of the hotel. The hotel is a lion. <laughs> so people were asking you for like drinks and like, where's the toilet? I don't know. <laughs> Why is my room ready? I don't know. <laughs> So it was cute. So thank you for being there. No, it's yeah. great. What's <clears throat> I know you've been married before, but being married now, uh, what's different for you? Um, <coughs> when the thing is, um, you have to do it right to understand where you went wrong. So when you're with the right person, marriage is is completely different. It's freedom. It's happiness. It's I, I don't feel married with my husband. I feel like I'm living with a friend. I'm completely free. I'm myself. Yeah, I feel like I'm myself. I don't feel like there's anything stopping me from, from being who I am or doing what I want to do. And I do it. And, and even if there are things, there are limits definitely when you're married, right? But even those limits, I'm not crossing them willingly. I love it, you know? So just being with the right person completely changes your life. And uh, obviously he's a successful entrepreneur and he's, uh, he's built successful businesses. Is he a good guy to brainstorm with? Oh, hell yeah. <coughs> you know what's, what's cool? Like every time we go to meetings, whether it's mine or his when I'm in America, I go to all his meetings with him and all the people who are waiting for us for the meeting, they're like, why is he bringing his wife? And then once we sit there, we both start talking business and we bounce back and forth and we support each other's ideas. And I learn a lot from him and he learns a lot from me. Like I have my, uh, my complete admiration as to this man and how he thinks in his ethics. And um, people then go like, man, I, I wish I had that, that kind of relationship with my wife. Because not everyone can speak to their, to their wives about these kind of things. You know what I mean? About yeah. business and all that. So I, I love it. Like, I call him up, listen, babe, I have this. I, what should I do? There's a contract. Should I hire? Like, he completely gives me his complete opinion. And he even calls me. He's like, honey, we're doing this, we're doing that. So there's no ego where, where you feel like, oh, my God, I can't ask. I need to look like an entrepreneur in front of him because he's a successful entrepreneur. We don't have that. We don't have any egos. We don't have any pride between each other. And it's, and it's fun. We love what we do and we enjoy it. And I think we talk business maybe 80% of the time when we're together. Do you? We, and I love it because we talk about it in an intellectual way, not in, hey, I've got this, what you've got. And it's not like bragging or anything like that. Mm. It's just teaching, learning. Do you, do you, do you, I mean, I, I've got to know him a little bit since I met him and he's a, a real 
friendly character, but is he the same kind of person as you as would like to be on stage, or is he not like that? No, no, my, my husband is my complete opposite in that. Okay. Like my, my husband, I'm more... Uh, I know he doesn't like to dance. <laughs> oh my God, he hates dancing. He hates it. He's good. He's a good dancer. I've seen him move his body. He's got some moves, you know? But he's just not confident that he does. But I, the thing is, like, he, like, I'm the funny, the outgoing, the loud one, the one that, like, he always tells people, my wife, you'd see her in the, in the street hugging a tree. Like, she's so social. She's so out there that she'd have a conversation with a tree. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'll do that. I love it. <laughs> But uh, my husband's the complete opposite. He's very preserved, and he doesn't give his energy and doesn't open up to anyone at all. Like, he's very selective. And you were like, I remember in the wedding, he was sitting down after the wedding. I was like, yeah, so are you excited for the honeymoon? He's like, you know who's my favorite person in the wedding? I was like, who? He's like, Spencer. I was like, <laughs> I was like are, were you sitting analyzing people in the wedding? He's like, yeah, I was like choosing people, looking. So he's a Capricorn. So he's that very selective person, very, he's, I wouldn't, I don't know if he's an introvert, but he is social when he wants to be, when he has to be. But he's not moody and stuff. Like, so that's what I like about him. Nice. Yeah, so my complete op opposite. And I think that's why it works. Because if we're both loud, if we're both social, mm. then it's a disaster. It sometimes can be a bit of a clash. Yeah. Okay. I just, wanna, I just wanna go back into this thing just for a couple of minutes and just try and try if we can, because we're, we're friends, maybe try and give our audience here just two or three tips mm. about about a subject that, that we've talked about, but I think a lot of people might think about, but they haven't gone there with, uh, I've got too many businesses or I'm going in the wrong direction. How do I, how do I kind of like backtrack a little bit yeah. and then reassess myself and before I move forward again? Because that's in essence what you did. You've stopped and you've gone, hold on a minute here. Is this what I really want to do? It's not what I really want to do. So you've made some changes so that then you can move forward. Yeah? Yeah. Fair? Yeah. Fair. So, in terms of people being in a position like that where they, they might be frustrated right now yeah. or disillusioned right now with where they are and, and, and having probably the outside pressure of others making them feel like they need to continue when maybe they don't? True. How can we, how can we give some people some tips to, to really I'd be able to identify with that? We can, okay, is, let's, is, is let's break a, it down. Yeah. Let's give a business tip, let's give a personal tip, and let's give a social tip. Good. All right? Good. So I'll start and then you give your tip, all right? Okay. So my tip is stop having, oh no, stop being married to your business and treat it like a casual date. Try, try twice, three times. If you feel like it doesn't work, you're not compatible, walk away. To me, a business is like a relationship. Would you be with a man that cheats and is moody, you don't understand much, you wouldn't want that, right? It's a life decision. I wouldn't be with a man at all. <laughs> he, the, the advice is he wouldn't be with a man, we get it completely. <laughs> that was for the audience. <laughs> but thank you for letting me know. <laughs> no, so stop being married to your business, treat it like a casual date. If it doesn't work, walk away. If you really want to be successful, success is what you've done for yourself and what you've done for others. If you really want to feel like a human being, if you really want to grow, if you really want to be happy at what you do, you got to be selfless, not selfish. Because when you're selfish, you're lonely. That basically, that's it. Because you want to do everything for you, you, it's me, 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 you know? But um, there is a third eye, open it up, it's we, it's not me. And uh, so stop having that relationship with your business and sleeping with your business and doing all of this with your business because once you're married to someone, it's hard to leave. If they're bad, if they're good, you're like, oh, I'm married already. No, you're not. You're not stuck. 
Who cares about what people say? Let them say, oh, X shut his business, he failed. Doesn't matter, they don't pay your bills. They, they, in, by the end of the day, you go back home, you're alone, you're in your house, in your space, they're not with you. So that external facade, lose it. It's not important because you can change it whenever you want. Basically, that's it. Okay. What's your business advice? My advice is whenever you start a business, you have grand intentions. You write a business plan, you feel it's something that you're passionate about. And I think that a lot of people continue through even though they're not necessarily passionate anymore. Mm. And, and I think you have to understand why you went into the business in the first place. If you went into the business just to make money, mm. then invariably you're gonna lose, lose the impetus. Yeah. But, but like you, you, you have to be really honest with yourself. And something I do, which some people think is a little bit weird, yeah. is I actually look into my pupils in the mirror. Okay. So I, I go into the mirror and I look at myself and I look deep into my pupils and I ask myself questions about what I really want. I don't think that's weird. And I, do I really, really want to do this? Is this really what my heart is telling me is gonna make me happy? And it, it's like when people invest money. They invest $100 and the $100 goes down in value to $95. And they can see it might go down further, but what do they do? They leave the money in there. Mm. because they're down, they're $5 down now and they want to make it back up to the 100. Mm. And so they leave it in there and it goes down to be worth 85 and then 75 and then and it keeps going down and down and down. And then, then they're in a situation where they say to themselves, I can't get out now. Had they left at 95, okay, they'd be 5% down, but no, no real damage, you know, exactly. a little bit down. So I think that, that it's like an investor, like with the business. If that business isn't going to work, you need to understand that very quickly. So whilst you have a business plan, why you try and roll it out, have a real, real clear vision of what you're gonna achieve, and if you can't get there in the first 12 months exactly as your plan's laid out, and it's not fun, because to me it has to be fun, mm. then that's a real telltale sign, because if you're gonna be doing that for the next 10 years, it's gonna suck. Honey. And like you've identified, that you really love public speaking, like I do. Yeah. That's, that's, where, that's where my soul food comes from. If I did that all day, every day, I'd probably be my most happiest. Yeah. But I have other responsibilities too. Yeah. No, you're right. Sometimes you have to end some things for real beginnings to happen, to take place. Yeah. And it's, I feel like when you're doing things you don't like, it, your energy is there. It's, it's a waste of energy and it's a waste of time, waste of space. And you could, have be, you could have been more focused doing other things. That energy, I have three companies. That energy that I have in that, those three companies, I'm so sorry about my son in the background. No worry, get him here. Mac 2, come okay, get back, sit, on, back on TV quickly. Sit, but no talking, okay? Okay, we'll get you. So, Hold on a minute. Yeah, sit. so basically if you had three businesses and your energy is on in, inside these three businesses yeah. and you're like, yeah, but I want to be successful. How could you do that if you're spread into three places? Take, take yourself back, shut them down, do something else, figure out who you are. You have your whole life to live. I have a friend who's 77 who just started a business. It's never too late to start again, to, to try new things and to do all, all, all these things. But having that, that affair with, with, with your business and you feel like, oh, like as if it's a person, you can't let it go and you're like very intimate with it, that's not gonna work. Mm. Treat your business like it's casual dating. I think that a lot of the time in business, people don't know what they're good at. You know as well as I do, yeah. running your own business and being in charge of a business yourself with all the responsibilities that go with it, yeah. for a lot of people, it's not fun. It's, you know? it's true. Sometimes being a number two in a company is much better than being the number one, num num number seven even. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people aren't aware of that. A lot okay, of people aren't clear. You can go now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go now. It's fed up with business okay, talk. but no talking. <laughs> so, 
I find that a lot of people don't really understand themselves. They want to set their own business up. They want to. They want to be in charge. They you know. Yeah. They want to go and grow something that they care about. But they don't realise what what's involved. You know, whether that's the finances, whether that's the planning, the operations, the, the, the all kinds of different aspects to a business. It. A lot of people, when you're in charge of all that kind of stuff, can be quite scary. It is. You know, I, I actually don't like being the boss. Like being the boss is not my favourite thing to be. Okay, I get you. Because being the boss means that everything is my responsibility. Everything stops with me. Mm. And so when I when I work with people and have employees, I'd rather that we're, that we're all kind of equal. Yeah. We're like part of a gang together, a community, a corporate, cooperative or something. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, like I, I do that a lot. I, I don't I don't put titles. I just like it's funny. I've never said that before to anyone. But in the office, I have the um, officer foodie. Uh, the person that eats a lot in the office, and I have the <laughs> sleepy, I have the cool, I have, this is their job titles, and then everyone has deliverables, they have to deliver, that's it. I don't say that I'm the owner, and I don't walk in like playing that role with a cape, and oh, don't talk to me. I don't have that, I, my office is, I don't even have an office, I have a desk. My employees have offices, I don't. But I, we have an open door policy. So well, you're right, when you are in, on one level, you work in harmony, but when you are on top, there are so many responsibilities. Everyone is waiting, looking up, you know, underestimating, thinking, and you're stressing because this is responsibility. But you're, you're all equal. The responsibility is shared equally. And when you don't make them feel like you're the boss and you make them feel like you're part of the team, that is 100% pure leadership. Yeah. I think another thing to remember is if you do fail, you only lose money. That, that's at the end of the day all that gets yeah. lost. A lot of people hang so much on money but you can always make money again, as long no, as you- They dwell on it, Spencer. They, I know a person who's been, she's been crying for four years because she lost money. I was like, in these four years, if you like, like content, contained yourself and you got clarity, you would have made the money back. But you decided not to, and you decided to sit down and cry about it, it would change nothing. Yeah. So it, it's true, failing sometimes is money, and sometimes money is all a person has, but just like you made it, you can do it all over again. You haven't lost yourself. The, see, I always, I always tell people this. If you close down businesses or fail, it's fine because the money maker is not the idea. Someone else can come and do a better idea. You know, someone else can innovate and you will die easily, but you are the business. This is the talent, not the business you're running, mm -hmm. not the idea you have. You are the talent because if you have a good, great idea, but a very, very shitty leader, a very bad an entrepreneur, it's like having a good car with a bad driver. Mm -hmm. You need. Like, it's, it has to be equal, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I don't know, but um, definitely. It is a hard topic, and um, to deal with failure, I, I think it's a long topic that we should speak about separately, because there's so many things you can do to get out of that. And I've learned the hard way, and I'm sure you went through the same thing. But um, definitely, sitting down and dwelling in sorrow is never gonna get you anywhere. It's never gonna take you back in time, never gonna I, fix I, anything. or. Yeah. No. I learned when I stopped focusing on money, I made more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't what I was hanging my hat on all the time. I, I, I think focusing on money is such an old school way of thinking. Nowadays. The Grant Cardone will argue. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, even let's go back even older than that. Making money, the millions and the dollars and the states and the empires and all that, that that's a very old school way of thinking. It doesn't fit in today's life. Today's life, people are more aware of who they are. They understand what, what living is about. You don't want to exist, you want to live. 
and they understand what happiness is about. They're, they're, they're curious about all of that because like, I think social media it made all of that like, very transparent. While before we were all controlled, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Our knowledge was controlled. So I think people know their, their worth, their purpose, they're, they're searching, they're, they're open about things. And you realize that, okay, it didn't work. I'll get a job, I'll make money, I'll live, I'll have food on my table, I'll be happy. So you realize that money is not everything. And if you chase paper, you get nowhere. Tell me what you think. I mean, I take it you've got a bright yellow Lamborghini that you have photo shoots with because you're an entrepreneur, aren't you? Hell no. Yeah, you must have some I, bling I bling watches. That. You know, I hate that. No. Red Lamborghinis maybe as well? No. You, you. I, I remember the only time I ever <laughs> took a picture next to a Lambo, and I even mentioned it in my quote. I'm like, I collaborated with Lamborghini to empower women and to take them on a powerful drive. Okay. But all these entrepreneurs, well, guys, what's wrong with you? Why are you all taking pictures with like cars and watches? And you are brainwashing our next generation to think this is what entrepreneurship is about. It's not. I've met billionaires who like had no, not even one single brand on them, like H&M they're wearing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it shouldn't, look, I always say, I always tell people, if I arrive to an event in a broken down car with missing tires and a missing door, I will still spend. I will still spend heads because of my brain, like who I am, my energy, my personality. Mm -hmm. But if you need these things to gain attention and to 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 be accepted in society, guess what? They'll accept you, but you'll be thrown away really fast because someone else who has more and better would come and take your place. Mm -hmm. It's not a guaranteed place. And to be honest, I could not care less. Like I would spend all my money on traveling because I love that. I, I feel it feeds my soul. But on like watches and showing them to people do you know who the audience behind that screen is it can be a person who can't afford it it can be a young girl who thinks that to be a woman she needs to get these things so she'll do whatever it takes even if it's wrong to make that kind of money what if it's a mother who who like who, who's been abused like what it can be a thousand type of people it's not just all rich people that can afford it and what are you telling them like, I, I hate how people are not responsible of what they put online, which uh, their content is crap. And I feel like they're selling the wrong idea. I hate being called an entrepreneur now. When people tell me, what do you do? I go like, mm, should I say entrepreneur? Because but social media showed people about entrepreneurship. I'm like that. I'm like, I'm, I'm like I, I do my own thing. That's all I say. So you're in business? I say, yeah, I'm in business. I don't even say entrepreneur anymore. Yeah. Entrepreneur used to be a person who would do anything and will give up anything to be and to be someone and to get somewhere. Yeah. Right now, it's whoever has a Lambo, whoever has a watch, and even like if you meet people, they go, like, "You're an entrepreneur." They look at your shoes, your bag, and everything. Like it doesn't match the image. Mm -hmm. ah, screw the image, dude. You, well, the entrepreneurship is a struggle. People it's are saying to me, "Where's your watch?" And I'm like, oh, well, "I wear a Fitbit now. I've got watches at home, but I wear a Fitbit." I don't wear watches. I screw that. Um, okay, before we finish. Uh, you're writing a book and you've got one more chapter to go. Okay, this podcast is going to come out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh -huh. So I'm going to hold you to something. When's your book going to be done? God damn it, Spencer. Okay, my last chapter is love. Can we have it published by Christmas? Yes. Can, yeah, de definitely. God, he's forcing me, but I'm going to do it. before. <laughs> that's fair, that's enough time. Okay, fine, that's enough time. Yeah, you're right. It's four months. You're right. It's just hard being dyslexic and trying to write a book. That's why I really want people to appreciate the hardship I went through <laughs> to do that. This is really hard work. That's it's hard I'm work. It out. And to keep your mind focused on it, because you, when you have dyslexia, you just can't focus. If you're not interested, you lose interest. So it's hard, but I promise you, now that it's you know witnessed, and yeah, I'll do it. And last question. Do you like being on camera? 
I love being on camera. You do. I love it. There's no shame in the game. I love it. What's <laughs> wrong with that? Well, some people do, and some people don't. I like being on stage, and I like being on camera, and I've got no issues with that. You know, uh, I'll, I'll lean into that all day long. But no, but uh, I will tell you something. I I can speak better in front of people than a camera. If I'm doc talking directly, if I'm like oh really yeah hundred percent okay. But I, I that's because you vibe off their energy. Yeah, I, I think, but it's a skill you can build. But I love being on camera. I love it. We have three cameras here, and I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once for two years since we started. I know. Okay, so I've been like, I, I I love you, Spencer. I love your energy, and I feel like you are one of the few people in this world that I that understands why they exist and why they're living. You're very sweet. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sarah Almadani on the Spencer Lodge podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining me on the Spencer Lodge podcast today with the awesome Dr. Sarah Almadani. She brings so much value. She's got so many experiences in the world of entrepreneurship, but also she's just a really kind person as well. And it's great to have someone with her spirit on the show to share with you. If you want to watch other episodes, then click up there and you can see more of what I'm doing. But if you want to subscribe, click there. And if you do, you'll get notifications for every single episode that I produce coming straight to you so that you don't have to miss a thing. I'll see you soon. Let's <laughs> go.